Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. This is Dave Kovar, and I'm super excited about today's podcast. I'll be interviewing my good friend, Master Chip Townsend. Chip Townsend is the probably the very best board and brick breaker to ever walk the face of the earth. He's a 14-time world champion. Uh, not only that, he's an amazing martial artist and probably more important, just one of the most kind, hardworking, uh, thoughtful, and inspirational people you'll ever meet. So I'm sure you will enjoy this interview as much as I did. Hey, everybody. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm here with my good friend, Chip Townsend. How are you, sir? I'm so much better now that you call me your good friend. <laughs> uh, one, of my, one of my best friends. Who are you kidding? Sincerely. Yeah. So Master Chip and I uh, have known each other for a long time. And, and those of you guys that don't know uh, Chip Townsend, just you just Google him, man. Uh, like probably you, you plug your ears. Yeah, you didn't need to hear this, but but probably, yeah. You don't have to really play. Uh, the, probably the, the best breaker to ever walk the face of the earth. The 14, I think 14-time world champion, yes, uh, multi-time uh, world record holder, just an a, amazing athlete in general. But, you know, he's known for his breaking, but he's so much more than that. And that's kind of what I wanted to kind of talk about today with you. And, uh, and so for starters, uh, hey, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks. You know, whenever I get a message from Hanchi Dave Kowar and getting an opportunity like this, I... I, I, nobody saw it, but I think I did a backflip. <laughs> and All I'm right. way too big and too old to be backflipping, man. Yeah, you're you're way too old to be backflipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so there's uh, so uh, Master Chip runs uh, uh, has a has a, 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 a chain of schools. Uh, Team Chip, uh, his headquarters schools in Abilene, Texas, and an amazing facility. Uh, you know, along with his wife and his whole family is really involved in the business. Yes, and so tell me a little bit. Give me just a quick you know, kind of history of, of uh, Team Chip. History of Team Chip, uh, 1985, I was the product. I lost an eye at three, got an opportunity, got picked on and bullied a lot in school. We're driving down the street, the street right outside right here right now, and I, I saw a karate school, and I was like, Mom, I want to do that. She spun around, signed me up. About 11 years later, uh, I was 13, so, yeah, about 11 years later, 10 years later, we got a chance to buy the school. Uh, I had gotten married to my wife. Uh, it, I was got married a little early 19, bought the school, had about 57 students. Now we have six locations and a whole lot more students. So Amazing. yeah, just, uh, you know, right place, right time. And I think uh, I, I was, I was the product of just ignorance in a lot of ways because I didn't know you could fail. So I remember sitting at my desk doing this going, looking at my phone going, please ring, please ring. <laughs> You know, it, it's kind of interesting because if I would have known, like, the same thing, you know, kind of like like the youth kind of, oh, I can do it. You know, it was like, I, I don't know that I would have, if I would have known all the work it was going to be. Of course, I'm glad in hindsight, but but there's a lot of steps along the way. But sometimes, man, enthusiasm and, you know, and, and youthful ignorance can really work in, in your favor, I think. Well, you know, what I wanted to talk today, the, our, our viewership is is people from all, you know, not just martial arts, but certainly a lot of martial arts here. And and what, what my kind of goal with this, this Satori lifestyle is for people to walk away kind of with some lessons that they can put to work in their life to make their life better. It might be, you know, personal development. Uh, obviously, that's a pretty broad term. It'd be health, fitness, training, mindset, whatever it might be. And I know you're, you know, uh, you and I have, have talked a lot. We know each other well, and you have so much to offer. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, basically just ask you a few questions, and we just kind of go from there. Yes, sir. So first and foremost, uh, if you look at some of uh, uh, Chip's early videos, you'll see he when he's doing his breaking, he's got a patch on his eye. And that's not just, uh, you know, for, for looks, although there's a good look. There's, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, uh, you're at a young age. 
uh, you lost your eye. And what I'd like you to do is, is there was a lot of opportunities that you couldn't, like you wanted to be in the military, you couldn't do it. There were several things you were, some team sports, you weren't allowed to do it. And so how did you kind of take that experience and then kind of turn it around into, uh, you know, all the amazing things that you've been able to accomplish? Uh, well, the first thing is, is uh, my dream was uh, to be in the military. I wanted to be a Marine Recon, Navy SEAL. And I had a Marine recruiter when I was about 17. I was a black belt, been training for a few years. Look at me when I said, he gives me a spiel, couldn't get a word in edgewise. And he says, uh, uh, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, I've been trying to ask this question, sir. I have a prosthetic eye. Can I do that? And he said, without missing a beat, you're unfit to be a Marine. And I went, it, it was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, and it, But it was one of those doors, a door closed, a door open, right? So for me, I just, it, it made me take my martial arts training a little more serious. Uh, I wanted to serve in a big way, but you asked me how I turned some of those things. I remember going to the 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 t-ball uh, uh, place whenever I was like five years old. My parents were going to let me play t-ball, and the coaches and my parents talking. You could see the demeanor was a little off. And the next thing I know, they're going, "Okay, we're going home." And I'm like, "Okay, you know, no big deal. I'm a kid." But basically, they wouldn't let me play. So there was a, a lot of that stuff that kind of happened through my life. But I had a mom that planted some really powerful seeds in my head, and they're key. And I I feel like I'd be remiss not to share. One, you're a gift from God. Two, you're going to be a different kind of man. Three, you're going to change the world. And four, you know, Jesus lives in your heart. Build a mansion, not an outhouse, right? So anyway, those things in my head, I think a lot of times steered me in the right direction. Very, very powerful. And then, and so now you, uh, one of the things that, you know, I brag about you, I never brag about you when you're around, but I brag when, when, I, when you're not around, <laughs> uh, is, you know, you, you know, obviously your athleticism is off the hook, but, but you know, not just, uh, if I don't mind, if, if I if might ask you, are you over 30? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm 48, sir. <laughs> okay, so you're approaching 50, but you, you still move in so incredibly well, and uh, and you, when, when I say kick like a lightweight, I mean that as a compliment, like in that, you know, fast and quick and agile. And, and so I want to start out by saying that certainly, you know, you, you have athletic ability, right? Uh, but we know that's not enough. So, so kind of start out with just from a, a standpoint of thinking of, of martial arts, health, fitness kind of combined together, right? You know, the line for us is very blurred between those because it's all related, right? Yes, so sir. Give, give me kind of a sense as to what what you do to keep yourself, uh, you know, kind of agile, healthy, fit, and 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 uh, it, and kind of moving in the right direction physically. Yes, sir. So uh, every day I roll out of bed early and I exercise, and I think that's been key. It took years to build that kind of ritual habit, uh, but my exercise and man, I feel so. I've been I've been very much influenced by you and what you say, and so a lot of what I say is probably going to sound somewhat like you, but. Early on, I hammered, man. I mean, it was like, because you made a comment, I have athletic ability. I still, till today, have a hard time seeing myself as an athlete. You know, kind of, I guess that kind of that imposter syndrome steps in. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I had to work my butt off for any athletic ability. I, I tried basketball. I fell, fouled out of every junior high basketball game that ever allowed me to play. <laughs> I was horrible. Uh, stunk at football, and, and I'm six foot three, so everybody goes, you must have been a basketball player. No, I was not. So I really had to work hard. I was a slow twitch guy, didn't move fast. Uh, I had to run bleachers and explosive plyometrics and do a lot of things to kind of reprogram my body, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the point being now, where I used to go in and work out at like 95% a lot or 100% or even beyond, 
now I go in and I try to work out at a nice, you know, 50, 60, 65, 70%, keep something in the tank. And I try not to be near as ballistic now. I used to be much more ballistic in my movements and hitting and striking and locking kicks, where now I'm much more methodical with that. Uh, I add weight, move slow, uh, things like that, as opposed to that ballistic, hardcore, killer mindset, I think. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, and you and I have talked a lot about this, right? You know, it's kind of like I call it the 80% rule, right? I want to quit when I have not used more than 80% of what I got in my tank. Now, if someone's getting ready for a competition and they're training hard, they may have to step that up a little bit. But for, for, for me, it's just training for life, right? I just want to be at my best, and I want to be able to hold a high level year-round. And I know that you can't be at 100% year-round. You're just going to – you're going to – something's going to break, you know? It's kind of like – the analogy uh, for me is like if you, you're given, we were given a, a, a car. Now, let's just call it a race. We decide to soup it up into a race car. And, and it's the one, only one we're ever going to get in our whole life. And if we drive it like a maniac all the time, the odds are we're going to crash it, right? We're going to blow the engine. And so what are we going to do? We're going to keep it well-tuned. We're going to take it out on the trap pretty regular, but we're not going to go crazy. We're just going to keep our timing there. And every now and then we're going to take a corner real fast. And every now and then we might race somebody for a lap. It's something like that, but, but that way we're kind of, you know, we're ready to go, but we're not hurting ourselves in the process, and it sounds kind of like that's where you're at with your training. It is, and that's such a beautiful analogy, too. Another thing, too, with, like, breaking, for whatever reason, that kind of became the area that I, I fought for a while, and then I, I got into breaking. So everybody's like, man, you must break all the time, and I'm like, actually, I hardly ever break anything. <laughs> I hit soft stuff so I don't beat up my body and hurt myself, so – you know, it's it's just what you're saying. I, I turn the corner kind of fast, but that's hitting a bag. And then when it's time to step on the stage and actually get busy, I, you know, you, you can do that with a healthy, strong body. So, yeah, you know, I had an epiphany a few years ago and I share it often now is as because we're both martial artists. Right. Is yes, that sir. I don't I don't use in most cases, there's exceptions, but I don't use martial arts for my fitness. I, I don't do martial arts for fitness. I train in fitness so I can do martial arts, right? And I love and, it. And what I mean by that, especially like if you're hardcore kicking, man, how many people do you know that have had their hips replaced? A lot. Because, you know, they locking that stuff out, right? right. Hypermobile and, and uh, you know, hyperflexible. And, and so it's like, hey, man, if you want to kick until you're old, you can't be kicking hard all day every day because your body will say, all right, you know, I, enough of that. And so yes, it's kind of like you've got to stay flexible, you've got to stay strong, you go through the most, and every now and then you lock one out, right? But that just can't be how you get your leg workout. Yes, sir, absolutely. Couldn't, again, couldn't agree more. Uh, every day my workouts vary between body weight calisthenics to a little bit of weight work just to maintain some kind of strength. And I, I like to do things like a really heavy set of something, but the really heavy set is more about slow movement, not mm-hmm. fast and ballistic. Uh, but it's like you're saying, then that allows me to be a better martial artist. And then whenever I train my martial arts, I feel more mobile. I feel more comfortable. I feel stronger and so on. So it fits perfectly. Well, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, you've heard this before too. Well, yeah, you get to train all the time. Sure. I'd be in better shape if I'd not martial arts for a living, right? But we know that that's not the case because you teach martial arts for a living. It, it, you know, it makes it sometimes hard to train. So the, the question I have for you, and, and I think I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it is, you know, what do you do when you, what do you tell yourself when you don't feel like working out? You know, that voice goes, oh, I don't, I'm sorry. You know, I, I feel a cold coming on. You know, all that, all those kind of little voices that creep into your head that, that, that isn't you at your best. What do you, how do you combat that? Uh, there are several things. Number one, I maintain a good grip on my why. Uh, and, 
I have an order of personal priorities. I'm going to share them. Uh, my first one is to serve God. My second one is to serve me. My third is to serve my wife, my kids, and then my team in, in business, right? So whenever I begin to feel like I can't get up and do it, uh, I think, am I being excellent for my creator? And then I think to myself, how is this going to impact my health and my sustainability so that I can serve my wife, my kids, and my family, and my team? And so, uh, and I, I, I mean, I, I loved what you said a while ago about sometimes people are like, you own a karate school, you must get to train all the time. One of the favorite comments I ever had, a young airman from the Air Force Base here locally said to me one time, dude, you got the best job in the world. You only work like three hours a day. You get to exercise all the time. And I was like, dude, if you had any idea how wrong you were. Yeah. But, uh, but back, back to what you were saying, when you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like it. You just got to do, do some weighing. And I seriously think to myself, why am I laying here and not wanting to get up? And what is my bigger why and my bigger purpose? And I th- what I want to get across, I think, is if I I put myself right below God in my life and right before my wife, which some people might see as selfish, but my thought process is is I have to be at my best best to serve my marriage, to yep. serve my parenting as as a parent and father to my kids, to serve my team as a martial artist, a leader, an instructor, and a business person. And so anyway, that's kind of my order. Whenever I get distracted, I go back to that priority and go. I have to get up and go get this done. I, I totally understand. I totally understand your priorities because you're really, that's how you're allowed to be the best for, you know, everyone in your life. Yeah, with, without a doubt. Well, um, for me, some of the stuff that, that I will try, I, I will do is first off is I tell myself the night before, if there's any doubt, I look myself in the mirror and say, you're working out tomorrow. No excuses, right? And and then, and I just try to preframe that. And also is that I want to be the boss of me. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, uh, that, that little kid that says, you're not the boss of me, you know, right? Well, well, who's the boss of you? Well, if you, if you give in to that little voice that says, I don't feel like it, I don't want to, then you're not the boss. You're, I don't feel like it's an I don't want to's are, right? And so that, for me, is really powerful because I have this perception of, a, a, you know, well, who is a mighty person, one who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies. And I want to view myself as a, as a, as a mighty person, so to speak. It, you know, uh, 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 and what does that mean? is that, that when I see other people not upholding their commitments, I view them like, oh, man, I guess that, you know, like like uh, I, I'm reminded that I don't want to be that guy. Now, by the way, I, there's plenty of things that I haven't, you know, you know, standards that I haven't lived up to, but I'm better. I'm getting better slowly over time. But that's right. really been powerful for me is like, and I think also, as a matter of fact, I was just speaking with a guy. There's a local guy. He's not a martial artist. He's going through a rough time with his business, and last night, uh, you know, he asked for some help, and we sat down, and 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 I, I we were talking about stuff, and he was giving all these excuses. He works so hard, he can't. The gyms are closed, so that's why he's not in shape. You know, it's like I kind of called him on. I go, time out. Like, really? You know, you can do push-ups anywhere. You can do squats anywhere, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I get it, I get it. And so what we did, I, I said, all right, man, you got to come up with something you're going to commit to doing every day for the next week, right? Some little fitness thing. It could be five push-ups and 10 squats. I don't care. It'd be simple, but you got to say you're going to do it because until you can really uphold what you, you know, you, you, until your, your word is law, until you can have integrity with yourself and others, you, you're never going to even get close to realizing your potential. Absolutely. Well, you said something earlier, you know, the night before you look at yourself and say, you're going to go get this done, right? You make that mental commitment. Another thing that I will do sometimes that I didn't mention is 
I'll go into my closet and pull my workout clothes out and have them sitting on the bathroom counter too. So it's one of those things where I know it sounds cliche, but it helps so much knowing my stuff's sitting right there. It's going to be so easy to throw my clothes on and go get in my car and go to the gym or whatever I need to do. Yeah. So yeah, James Clear, I think is the guy author wrote, uh, uh, like, uh, what was it? Uh, habits. It was a book on habits. What's the name of it? Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. That's it. And uh, in there, yeah, he talks about habit linking. That's what you're talking about. Yes, sir. And, and I started doing the same thing. Of course, I haven't been to the gym lately because it's closed, but <laughs> I'm going to get in the habit of, of you know, doing this, the, the, the steam room and the sauna and the cold pool. And, and, but in the morning, going around trying to find my gym bag and get my towel, it was like, ah, never mind. And so the <laughs> same thing, just getting it done the night before by the back door, like now all of a sudden, you know, you're halfway there. So uh, I, I think that's awesome. Now, I want to ask you next, just kind of in general, um, what, what, you, what would be, a, in your opinion, when you think of a success, what, what would be a definition of success for you? Uh, a definition of a success for me is, uh, it is for, for me and I, I, you know, I speak for myself here and I know everyone kind of has different views, but it's fulfilling my, you know, my, what I feel that God called me to do and is okay. the way I look at it. So, uh, and success is being happy because I'm working in my passion and I'm able to do something that I'm passionate about. You know, success is not about the material things or the money, although they are very nice and they make life better. And I will say this, I'm a fan of making a lot of money. And the reason is the more mm-hmm. I have, the more I can serve. Right. And the right, more right. I do for those that maybe help. So uh, success is it's discipline. It's having structure in your life. It's being happy. It's living into your calling. Uh and being able to have, a, a, for, for me, a, a, you know, a career, a life that I feel like I'm living what I was meant and designed and built to do. And I will say that at 48, I still have days where I struggle. Am I really where I'm supposed to be? Sure. I think that's perfectly normal. But those would be more of my definitions of success. Legacy is not the material that we leave. It's what we leave and the people we leave behind that we pour into. And so I want to... Uh, success is being a person that lives into that and lives that fully. I love it. I love it. You know, and, and uh, it's like, I, I think for me, you know, you've never arrived. You're always arriving, right? Like it's something you got to do every day. You know, you know just because you were successful yesterday, you got to get up today. And what can I do today? Right. You know, kind of like, you know, my quote, take care of the days and the years take care of themselves. I had a really wise man say to me one day and it blew my mind and I've been breaking for years that board doesn't know you've broken a thousand before just like it. Right. And so you're right. Uh, Mr. Hanchi Kovar. And, and you know, that was, it's just like you said, you, your life doesn't know you're successful. Okay. You had a success yesterday, celebrate it for a moment and it's time to move on. It's time to get back to the grind and get back to work. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld one time asked, somebody asked him, Hey, does it help that you're Jerry Seinfeld when you step out on the floor to do a, a, a you know, to do a, a set? And he says it helps for about the 30, first 30 seconds that I'm on my own, right? You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I kind of set it up. It's like it, it's uh, – and so, and so, all right, so who would – who, uh, like what's your definition of, uh, of you know, somebody that's – who do you view upon? And it doesn't have to be anybody like an actual person, but when you see someone that you look to and go, wow, that person's successful, what does that mean to you? Uh, it's, it's a person that – uh, they have a certain stride, a certain posture about them. Uh, it's hard to put into words. Uh, the, 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 
I, I would say Hanshi Kobar falls into that category for me, not trying to, you know, kiss up to you, but it's just the reality. Uh, my, I have a, 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 the minister of our church. I, I respect a lot because working in an area where you work with a lot of volunteer people, but being able to lead them well is powerful. It, it's it, when I lead a, a team that you pay, you, you have some, you know, I, it's, it's authority leverage, but you have leverage. You write a check for them. When you, when you steward people who choose to follow along based on volunteerism, uh, you now are at kind of a different level of leadership. And so like, uh, this, this guy's grown a church from a handful of people to several thousand. And I know a lot of people look at that like, oh, that's horrible. But the reality is, I mean, I'm looking at, man, that's great leadership. It's integrity. It's hard. It's perseverance. Yeah. It's, it's a willingness to make the hard decisions, have the hard conversations, which we all struggle with. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, clearly he's got to be doing a lot right for that to happen, right? To draw that that, en- that energy to draw people. That, that's awesome. So what commonalities? You know a lot of successful people. What commonalities do you see in successful people? They're disciplined. They they see the glass is half full, not okay. half empty. Uh, they they when they come across a failure, it's not the end all be all. It's easily t- pivoted, for lack of better words, into a lesson. They they don't see failure as fatal. They see failure as okay. I learned that lesson. I I made that little left turn. Now I'm going to veer off this way a little bit. And so the the commonalities are you know they choose their attitude. They you know. There, there is a balance about great leaders. They have a, they're balanced and in, in, in what I think of as kind of four, uh, four foundational areas. They have kind of a spiritual balance about them, whether that's they meditate regularly, they, 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 they pray regularly. They have an intellectual balance where they read regularly, they study, uh, they podcast, whatever. They're constantly trying to learn. They're hungry for growth. They're emotionally balanced. Uh, they have an emotional intelligence. They can walk in the room and kind of take the temperature of the room and they, they know how to respond to that. They're the person that walks in and, and you don't feel like, Oh, the air all left. You feel like a breeze of fresh air came in with them. And physically, uh, they, they have a presence and I don't just mean like a rock star fitness presence, but they, they come in with their, their chest out just enough to be confident, but not arrogant. Mm-hmm. And their chin is up. They smile. You know, those are characteristics and things. And those four foundational things, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, and, and uh, physically, I, I think we all need to be striving for balance heavily in those areas in order to master ourselves, for lack of better words, so that we can then better serve those around us. Really good. Really good stuff. Well, you know, for for in the book uh, uh, Peak by K. Anders Erickson, he talks about two words, and uh, and they are uh, introspection and self discipline, right? And this is what leaders have or successful people have in common, right? And introspection to me that is asking the hard question, what can I do better, right? And then listening, right? And then actually, and then self discipline is acting upon that, right? Taking action on it because most of us know what we need to do to get better. You ask anybody that's not, you know. That's, that's got a lot of stuff going on, man. Like, let's say, say someone that makes a pretty good living but spends it all and is in massive debt. They know what they should do. Yes, sir. Right? They just they just don't take action on it at all. So I, I think one of those things is how many people kind of don't live their life on purpose. They're just kind of on autopilot versus kind of getting up and thinking, what can I do better today? You know, how can I be better? One of the things that blows my mind, and, and I, I hope this doesn't step on too many toes, is when you – you know, you see somebody on a Friday afternoon walk into the convenience store and they walk out with like a case of beer and you kind of know that 
they're probably just, you know, they got their their week or two week paycheck and they're happy to go buy their, their, you know, beer and sit on the couch and watch sports or whatever that is. And I don't have a problem with any of those things, but uh, that's th- their life is just happening to them. They're not happening to their life kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. You know, it's kind of like if, if there's a difference between observing and perceiving and judging, right? You yes, observe sir. someone you, and, and, and like, who, who are you or I to tell somebody else how they should live their life? But, but I'm with you. When I see that, I go, man, you know, uh, it, nothing wrong with it. Like, like, like I said, you know, every now and then it's nice to, you know, whatever, whatever, works for you as long as it doesn't harm others and it's in moderation and more power to you. Uh, but, but it's kind of like uh, so many of those people like have not ever uh, like picked up a, a book on personal development or, you, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like they're just letting yes. life happen, right? Uh, versus kind of taking it by the reins, so to speak. And by the way, it's scary to take it by the reins because all of a sudden, guess what? You have to, uh, you have to accept responsibility for your situation. <laughs> Like you can't, you know, it's so easy to, to, to not accept responsibility, to make excuses and to, and to cast blame for your situation. And, and, and so like the thing about realizing that you, we control our destiny is that we control our destiny and we have to take a look and go, here I am. It's nobody else's fault, but my own, uh, or pat myself on the back. If I'm in a good place, what can I, you know, where can I go from here? Right. You know, it's, it's awesome because when you, when you're talking, I was thinking responsibility, responsibility, it's so hard to be it's hard to want to step into a leadership position even sometimes because you know, whoo, the buck stops here. It's all going to fall on me when things don't go right or do. And I think that's another one of those things that successful people are willing to do. They'll, they'll step into that position and they'll go, you know, and they'll, they'll take that responsibility. So that's really powerful. Really cool. Well, hey, man, I, I, I wanted to be respectful of your time. Uh, I know that you've got a lot of projects going on. You know, you've got you know, your, of course, you're running your schools, you do seminars, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're doing a lot more speaking gigs and you've got a bunch of online programs, but I'm real excited about your Like a Champ series that you're creating. And I know it's maybe not ready for prime time now, but just kind of give everybody a little teaser about what you've been working on. Uh, we're building a, a course that will be available online before too much longer. We don't have our we, – we have a projected date, but we're, we're working hard at it. Uh, and it's going to kind of uh, – it's going to focus on kind of self-mastery and uh, what it means to live like – a champ, you know, and, and the champion we all know is not the guy that wins every time, but it's the guy or, or the girl, the woman that just brings their all and leaves nothing on the table. You know what I mean? They, they put their heart into what they do. And so uh, it's going to be a program that's going to be, it's going to be called live, live like a champ. And uh, out of that, uh, we're, we're hoping to, once we help people, I hate the word master, but kind of master themselves and get, get good kind of control then uh, there will be some other options to spin out with uh, Parent Like a Champ and Lead Like a Champ and Married Like a Champ, some stuff like that. So just super, super excited about it. I just switched over. I've got a group on Facebook now that we've had for a long time. It's still a little transitioning. It's called Like a Champ Men. I want to encourage men that it's okay to be men. And, and I think sometimes it can be difficult to be a successful man in today's society at times. So I want to encourage and have an accountability group with a lot of guys out there that just want to be great men for their jobs, their homes, wives, families, and so on. Very good. Very cool, man. Well, hey, if, if someone wanted to get to reach out and, and, and track you down, how would they go about doing that? Uh, just search Chip Townsend on Google. <laughs> no, uh, if you go to Facebook and go to Chip Townsend, I have a page called uh, Facebook.com slash the Chip Townsend. That's probably the easiest way. Private message me through there. It's all public. Uh, and I will absolutely get back to you. And I, man, Hanshi Kobar, I, I'm just going to say it. I love you, man. I appreciate you bringing me on. What an honor and what a blessing to be a part of uh your organization and the Satori Lifestyle Podcast and so on. 
Oh man, you know, feelings are mutual, my friend. And uh, uh, so I'll tell you what, I, I, I just really fast, I'm going to just turn over to my phone here, uh, see, because I uh, see if anybody has any questions. There's a bunch of comments. So let me just, anybody that's still around, uh, I'm seeing all kinds of, oh, let me turn that down. Hey, all right. Uh, oh, someone likes my beard. All right, Rob Wetmore, thank you. Anthony Chong says, good job. Uh, hey, brother, uh, one of my old students, uh, uh, Sifu David Bernhardt, appreciate the age-related advice. I like that. Rick Arnold says, outstanding advice. Ryan Andros says, love the f live feed. Oh, man, a lot of comments on the beard. Okay. Uh, love the board breaking. Okay, uh, Glenn Ann, I think you know her. Uh, uh, that, that's, of course, uh, uh, Chip's wife says, failure isn't fatal. I love that line. That's really good. Uh, and uh, so Steve Fisher, amazing people. I think Steve Fisher, he's one of your guys. I think he's trying to butter you up, man. That's what I think. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man. <laughs> I know that. All right. I, I'll tell you what. I appreciate your time and looking forward to, uh, you know, every, every conversation we have. And thanks, by the way, on the sidelines, on the back end, uh, every morning, uh, I get a text from Master Chip with something motivating to keep me on track. And also, I'm also working on my online program, and I appreciate the push that you're giving me on that as well. All right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Best to you. Best to you. Thank you very much, Anshi. Oh, my pleasure. Take care, guys. <laughs>